mercy. I want to thank God for his goodness and his faithfulness upon my life and upon that of my family. And I'm so grateful to Pastor this morning, the, uh, the senior pastor of this house, Dr. David Oloke, for allowing me this great privilege to share with the people of God. And it is a privilege to be called upon to testify about the goodness of God. And I'm so grateful, sir, for that. And I thank the pastoral leadership as a whole for permitting this, for allowing me to share with us this morning. God is good. God is good. We have been learning uh, with our uh, the theme, Prospect for Restful Increase. And... Uh, for throughout the month of November and December, God has been dealing with us in various aspects of this subject. In, in the first one that we, 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 we were taught about or we, we looked at was prosperity by obedience. Prosperity by obedience. And then we look at prosperity by diligent labor. And then also we look at prosperity by divine creativity. And then we look at prosperity by godliness and contentment. Prosperity by godliness and contentment. Then we look at prosperity by prophecy. And last Sunday, Pastor Moses spoke powerfully to us on the subject prosperity by sacrificial worship. Prosperity by sacrificial worship. Wow, what a message. I was so blessed listening to that. And today, by the grace of God, we are looking at prosperity by divine intervention. Amen. I want to take this opportunity also to welcome those who are uh, worshiping with us on Facebook and other uh, social media platforms that if you haven't uh, listen to any of these messages they are there on our YouTube channel you can go back and visit them and listen to them over and over again and you will be blessed we want to thank you for your fellowship with us and uh, we believe that as God is blessing us in this house he will continue to bless you as well and the Lord will increase you on every side in Jesus name Amen, Amen. today we are looking at Prosperity by divine intervention. In preparing for this message, I quickly look at the word prosperity. And uh, a few things came to the fore. One of the, 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 the marks of prosperity or one of the signs of, pros of prosperity has been defined as flourishing marked by vigorous and healthy growth flourishing marked by vigorous and healthy growth booming i like that one booming even the sound of it makes you feel that like something is happening booming when we talk about an economic boom we know that the economy is just taking off like a jumbo jet one other oh, uh, 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 definition also talk about roaring. You know, uh, some time ago, 
They used to talk about the baby boomers. There was a generation that were referred to as the baby boomers. That they were just having babies all over the place. You know, that is prosperity. Growing or expanding very quickly. Prosperity is, an, is a Latin word, or the root is from Latin, which is, it is prosperitas. Advance or gain in anything good or desirable, successful progress in any business or enterprise. Success, attainment of the object desired. Now, if we look at intervention, intervention is just, uh, again, the definition for intervention, a state of coming or being between interposition, agency of persons between persons, interposition, mediation, any interference that may affect the interest of others. I like that as well. Any interference that may affect the interest of others. The, then there's another definition which is that interposition in favor of another. A voluntary undertaking of one party for another. And that's what exactly what God does for us. So linking these two definitions together, prosperity and intervention, and then there is a, a different um, aspect of it, which is the divine intervention. You know, we have the intervention of man. We have the intervention of man. For example, if, say, I was driving down the M6, and then, you know, I have a flat tire, I'll call Dr. Dan Hardy, or I'll call Brother Joel, I'll call, you know, Brother Fullerin. He said, oh, sir, where are you? I said, I am on junction 6 of the M6. Okay, sir. Is everybody safe? I said, okay. Then they'll come and rescue me. Even though that, in a way, could be God's intervention, but naturally speaking, that is man's intervention. So they come and, you know, they help me out and we are home safely. That is man's intervention. And there are many examples of those that we can talk about. You know, man's intervention. But there is an intervention which is of God, which far supersedes that of man. Amen? When God intervenes in the life of man, then you know that something great is actually going to happen. As, as a matter of fact, our life as Christians, our life as Christians, from the day that we were born to this very moment, it is an intervention of God. And every day we see the hand of God in our lives. Amen? God is always intervening in our lives. God is always intervening in our lives. By the way, the definition that I gave earlier on was from the Webster's 1828 uh, English Dictionary. If we look at the, actually the, the story of Genesis. If you look at the story of Genesis, from Genesis chapter 3, Genesis chapter 3 quickly, from verse 21 to 24, it says, also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, to know good and evil. And now let's put out his hand and take also, unless he put out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. So after the fall, after the fall, the Bible said that 
Adam and Eve were naked and they ran away from the presence of God. But what did God do? God himself made a tunic of skin and clothed them. That is intervention. That is divine intervention. If God has not done that, they would have been naked all their lives. But God saw the state they were in and he made a tunic of skin and clothed them. Besides that, God went further. That they will not take hold of the tree of life to eat and then live eternally in the sinful state, God quickly has to intervene. God is a God of mercy. God is a God of mercy. And God is a God of grace. So God sent an angel to guard the tree. Otherwise, man would have been unredeemable. If, man had, if Adam and Eve had partaken of that tree of life in their sinful state, they would have been unredeemable. But God, in his mercy, was able to protect them. So God foresaw that, you know, man has fallen. And the way man was going, he needed to do something. He needed to take an action to redeem man. So he did two things. He made a skin, or he made a tunic of skin, to clothe them, and the second thing was that he, you know, he sent an angel to guard the tree. Again, we look at another situation in the case of uh, Cain, when Cain slew his brother Abel. And God again came asking him, where is your brother? And Cain, in his very cheeky, rude manner, asked God, am I my brother's keeper? And God said to Cain, that the blood of your brother is crying out unto me. And when God pronounced, you know, Cain's punishment, Cain felt that it was too great for him. But then again, God in his intervention, what did he do? In Genesis chapter 4, verse 15 to 16 again, And the Lord God said to him, Therefore whoever kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him. Sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark on Cain, lest anyone finding him should kill him. How good is that? That's mercy. That's mercy. God set a mark on Cain. After Cain committed the first murder, God set a mark on him that whoever kills him, vengeance shall be taken on that person sevenfold. So that is God's intervention. A lot of times, you know, we miss the mark a lot of times. We do things and a lot of times we fall away. But God in his mercy still come to our rescue. God in his mercy still come to our rescue. So that is how God comes to rescue us. Now, if we look at the scripture that we read this morning, we read two scriptures this morning. You know, there are, there are a lot of examples in the Old Testament, a lot of illustrations in the Old Testament about how God divinely intervened in the life of his people. You know, we know about the, we know about the, the, the crossing of the Red Sea. When they came to the Red Sea, after Pharaoh eventually let them go and they came to the Red Sea, there was like an impossible, you know, a route for them. There was no way out. They were caught between the rock and hard place. And Moses lifted up his voice and cried unto God. And what God said to him, stretch the rod. And when Moses stretched the rod, 
The Bible says that the Red Sea parted hither and thither, and the people of God walked on dry land. And the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. The Bible actually says that God Himself took off the wheels of the chariots of the you know the Egyptian army. God Himself took off the wheels of their chariots, and they were drowned. The morning they were all scattered on the seashore. That is how God is taking off the wheels of some chariots that are pursuing your life. In the name of Jesus, God himself in the spirit is taking off the wheels of the chariots that are pursuing your life. And you will see them just scattered all about. Amen? God will take you to your promised land. Whatever that promised land looks like to you. I say God will take you to your promised land. God has not delivered you for you to perish in the rest. No, he will take you to your promised land. Now coming back to this scripture in Luke chapter 5, the Bible said that Christ, you know, he borrowed Peter's boat, to paraphrase, and he began to teach the people. And after all that, he now came to Peter. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake Gennesaret, and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. Whatever you do to the Lord, whatever you give to the Lord, God will repay you back. Peter lent his boat to the Lord to deliver the message, the good news. Now, it is time for Peter now to get a harvest. Amen? But Peter, in his characteristic, you know, uh, natural mind, was thinking that he, he needed to depend on his skill. He needed to depend on his know-how. He needed to depend on his professionalism. You know, sometimes I was, it's good to get education, friends. We, we, and I know in this house some really highly educated people in this house. Let's put our hands together. There are some highly educated people in this house. It's good to get education. It's good to get education. So that when you are talking, you know, you can reason at a level with people when you have good education. But in addition to education and all the skills that we acquire in life, all the professional training that we acquire in life, sometimes we need God's divine intervention. We need God's divine intervention. Just, I think, was it last week? This is just a testimony to the glory of the Lord. Just last week, Theo called home. To say, Mom, I've got a job. Now, Tio is an engineer by profession, electronic engineering. He, he finished his master's and he, I think he specialized in AI. And he's been trying to look for a job. Even though his university offered him uh, a scholarship to do the PhD. But we were discussing with him about other plans. Then he said, I don't want to do a PhD there for the sake of it. So he, he had a job, but it wasn't in that area. But God in his mercy 
just last week, he went for this job interview and then uh, he went through the first series and then he went to the second session and then finally now, he went to the final point of the interview. One of the ladies on the panel said, you are the only person among the people that we interview who did not have uh, what is it now? Programming on, on your CV. You are the only person among the law that we interview who were shortlisted and who were interviewed who did not have programming on your CV. But there's something about you. They gave him the job. It cannot be his qualification. It cannot be because he hasn't got it. He didn't have programming on his CV. But God in his intervention gave him that job. And we thank God for that. So what I'm trying to say is that it's good to get a qualification. It's good to study. It's good to reach the top of the tree. But on top of that, it needs God's divine intervention to put you where he wants you to be or to put you where you need to be to be an effective ambassador for him. So Peter, you know, he taught all night. The master came to him. He said, launch onto the deep. Launch onto the deep. But even what Christ said to, unto Peter, Christ said unto Peter that he must let down what? His nets, plural. Pastor talked a lot about, you know, the talents. He talked about the man with the five talents, the one with the two talents, the one with the one talent. Here Christ is telling Peter specifically, let down the nets, plural. But Peter, you know, just put down one net. Even that, with that one net, he had an experience that was net breaking. His partners, even when they came, the fish was so much that their boat was beginning to sink. Sometimes it may seem like after all this, after all this, you know, nights of toil of studying and presentations and theses and all of that, God is on your case, my brother and my sister. God is on your case. I say God is on your case. And God is on the case of Lifegate. Whatever the dream is, whatever that vision is, God is on your case. There's a time coming. And when God opens the window, no man can shut it. Or when God opens the door, no man can shut it. When Peter now lets down the net, Peter was able to catch a fish or he was able to haul in fishes. That was both sinking. Even his partners, you know, you can just imagine, you know. So when God intervenes in your situation, it turns everything around. You know, you, you are, you'd be so loaded. You'd be so overwhelmed. You'd be so much blessed that, you know, you yourself, you know, the bankers will be calling you. They will say, what has happened to you? You say, it is the Lord. It is the hand of the Lord. Amen. So God intervenes. But this was a lesson that God was trying to show to Peter that it's not only about the physical fish, that he was going to be fishing men. He was going to be bringing men into the kingdom of God. He was going to be bringing men into the kingdom of God. So whatever 
God blesses you with. Whatever intervention God, you know, make manifest in your life, if God grants you promotion, if God gives you that job, God is opening that door for you so that you will be an effective ambassador in that office. You will be a great and effective ambassador in that position to bring in men, to let the light of the glory of the gospel shine through you. Amen? In your office. It, it, it's, it is sufficient for people to say because of this sister. We're not going to use that word. Because of this person, we're not going to do that. That alone is sufficient. Amen? So Peter had that experience of divine intervention. Again, we look at Acts chapter 3. In Acts chapter 3, we read from Acts chapter 3. The man, the Bible said that he was lame from his mother's womb. He was lame from his mother's womb. And they had to take him to sit at, how can you be sitting at, a, you know, a temple, you know, which gate is called beautiful. And then your life will be far from beautiful. How is that possible? It is paradoxical. But God is God. I said God is God. And when his time comes, he will take away shame and reproach from you. God is able to wipe away shame and reproach. Just in a moment. This guy was lame from his mother's womb. They laid him daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful. The gate is beautiful, yet his life is far from beautiful. He was dependent on people for his daily sustenance, begging alms. But God in his timing, God in his kairos moments, God in his goodness, God in his mercy, God in his faithfulness, God in his greatness, sent Peter and John along, you know, that very hour. They came to this man and Peter said to him, look on us, look on us, look on us. Then he fixed his gaze on them, expecting to get what he normally gets, the arms from them. But that day was a turning point in his life. Today can mark the turning point in your life. Today can mark the turning point in your life. The Bible said that, Peter, now, thank you. The Bible said, Peter now took hold of his hand and lifted him up. Peter held him up. And as he was, I could just imagine him, lame man. Oh, Peter, please. I'm going to fall, I'm going to fall. I said, no, no, come on. Look for me, just come on. And Bible said that his ankle bones received the strength and he stood up. He stood up. A man who has been begging all his life. A man who was on the periphery of society. A man that nobody thought he was anything. 
One day, just in a moment, God visited him through the vehicle of Peter and John. And his life was changed forever. You may be the least in your family. That, you know, people think that, who do you think that you are? But God has a plan for your life. That child that the school teachers want to write off. God has a plan for that child. God has a plan and a purpose for that child. That child may be wayward. That child, you know, may come under a kind of rebellious spirit. I declare in the name of Jesus that the spirit of God will come upon that child. And that child will be an obedient child. Whatever the professionals have labeled that child, I cancel it in Jesus' name. I cancel it in Jesus' name. Your child is sharp. Your child will achieve. Your child will succeed. Your family will succeed. In the name of Jesus. Peter held, took hold of his hands and lifted him up. And the weak ankles, the weak limbs began to receive strength. They began to receive strength. And the man was leaping. And you know, when God visits you, there is an extra spring in your step. That's what Pastor used to say that every morning he sits at the, the end of the bed, he jumps up with a spring in his step. Why? Because he knows that God is with him. When God visits you, there is a spring in your step. That's why Elijah was able to outrun the chariots of Ahab. Elijah, he was able to outrun the chariots of Ahab. Hallelujah. So, you know, like Pastor Lola said, people will see you and they will marvel. Is this not the guy that used to beg for arms? Is this not the guy that we used to help? Is this not the guy that we used to say that, you know, he can't do this job. Is he not him? How come that now he is a CEO? How come that now he is a tycoon? They will marvel. They will marvel. I said they will marvel. The people that you to see before, the people, sir, the people that do want to give you the professorship, one day they will hear that you're a professor. Not only will they hear that you're a professor, but you will be a professor that the whole world will have to listen to. Don't worry. You have labored. You have, God is not going to make you acquire that PhD for nothing. And then you carry on, you know, uh, being a tea boy or tea girl for the people in the office. That professorship is coming. I say the professorship is coming. In the name of Jesus. The one that was written off, God visited him. When God's divine intervention locates you, there's nothing any human being can do. Nothing, absolutely nothing. 
Time will not permit us. You know, in the Acts of Apostles chapter uh, 16, chapter 12, again there's chapter 16, but chapter 12, the Bible says that Peter was, you know, apprehended and put into prison. James was beheaded and it pleased the people. And Herod was intending to bring Peter out also to behead him. Well, what happened? The church began to pray. God moves when the people of God pray. God is not moved when we sit down and murmur and complain. But God moves when we pray, pray based on believing that God is able to turn the situation around. Peter was put into prison. But the church offered fervent prayer unto God. And God intervened in Peter's life. There was a divine intervention in Peter's life. God sent the angels. Peter was chained between two soldiers, his feet and everything. But when God intervened, even the soldiers themselves didn't know where, you know, the, the door opened on its own accord. And when Rhoda, the young lady, who saw Peter at the door, when Peter went, Peter himself thought that this was like kind of a dream. You know, Bible said that when God brought by the captivity of Israel, they were like what? Yeah, sometimes it will seem to you like a dream, but it is real. You know, when God, when the time of God comes for you to, for him to intervene, for you to prosper, and you're taking off like a jumbo jet, you, it will seem like you're dreaming. It will seem like you're dreaming, but it will happen in your life. I say it will happen in your life. Peter, when the angel visited him, and the angel hit his side, he's come on, put on your sandals, let's get out of here. Peter, he, he didn't know what was going on. Until they go through the, that big final gate, the door opened on its own accord. No door is able to hold you in when God's time is come. I said no door is able to hold you back when God's time has come. Peter went, went knocking on the door where they were gathered praying. And Rhoda, the young lady, came to the door. He recognized Peter's voice. She ran back quickly to tell them that it's Peter. Even the people that were praying now, they, they couldn't believe it. Peter kept knocking until they opened the door. They said, ah, Peter, is here. That is how God is visiting somebody this morning. To run up, I just want to say that God is still sovereign. He does what he purposes to do. God is still sovereign. Sometimes God allows us to go through certain difficult situations. He allows us to go through certain very, you know, seemingly painful situations that we may not understand because of the flesh. It may feel uncomfortable. It may feel painful. But just stay with God. Stay with God. His timing is the best. And he will intervene in your life. God will prosper you. He will prosper you beyond your wildest imagination. He will prosper you so that the glory and honor be given unto him. He will prosper you so that when people see you, they will say, ah, there is a God. There is a God. Take me to your God. Hallelujah. Shall we rest your feet this morning? Well, well, well.